My name is Thomas Patrick Ryan, and I have been mute since a psycho cut out part of my tongue when I was eight. For twenty-one years, I communicated differently than those around me. But now, because of my wife's death, I can speak. All things considered, I'd rather be mute and still have her by my side. Cold wraps around me as I stare at the urn in my hand, testing the weight of it. It seems way too light to contain my wife. Her spirit alone would not fit into such a tiny container, and I cannot fathom her remains reduced to the slip of nothing I held. This was all I had left. Ashes. Dust. Tainted memories. I can't seem to find the will to open the jar and drop what's left of her over the bluff and into the churning Atlantic. This was her wish, to be scattered in our backyard, in the sea we loved to play in, in the waves we loved to listen to every night. The roar of the ocean did nothing to fill the void in my heart. A gentle tug on my shorts lowers my gaze to the only reason I haven't planted a bullet in my brain. My daughter looks up at me with those wide, innocent eyes, and I remember why I am standing on the edge of our bluff. With a silent nod, I find the strength I need to open up the urn holding my wife's ashes, and without ceremony, dump it into the swirling wind. Behind me, in the small crowd of my family and friends paying tribute to my wife, my brother begins to sing her favorite song. While Hallelujah isn't really a funeral song, it was her favorite, so we thought it was appropriate for this dismal day. The clarity of CJ's voice tickles my spine with chills. The ashes swirl on the summer breeze, hanging in front of us as if Raven doesn't want to leave me either. They condense into a brief image of her, and I stare, scanning her gray form. Before I can reach for her and pull her from the drop, she raises her arms and turns, executing the graceful dive I have seen her do a thousand times from the diving board of our old home. But I've never seen one like this. Never a final swan song. I choke back the sob lodged in my throat and just watch her ashen form fall. When she hits the surf... Ashes scatter like the splash of the diver before settling on the water and disappearing with the next wave. My daughter's hand wraps around mine, and I close my eyes with the contact. She gives me the purpose I need not to take a step and drop to the jagged rocks below. When I glance down at Hannah, her chin trembles and silent tears tumble down her cheeks. Her eyes are on the same spot where I had been staring, the spot where the ashes met the water. Her aura darkens, muting her normally bright colors, and I scoop her into my arms, feeling her sadness more acutely than I care to. The emptiness in the center of my chest threatens to take over my form, but I focus on my little girl, meeting her teary gaze. CJ's voice cracks and I finally turn, acknowledging that I am not the only one mourning my wife's death. I squint in the glow of CJ's aura. It's as bright and as vibrant as the sun, outshining both his wife, Valerie's, 
as well as my business partner and best friend, Damien's. You see, my brother's aura is powered by Trinity blood and angel grace. He is the only one of the group that has the distinction of having both riding their bloodstream. Damien's is the next closest in brightness. I'm not sure if his is manufactured by the grace of three angels, or if it is because he is the son of the archangel Gabriel. The rest of us are distant descendants, but we have enough angel blood in our systems to be considered a delicacy to Lucifer. Our blood apparently revives that fucker.